Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Does my voice sound better? Thank you for allowing me to give you a 12-minute episode last week because I was my voice was unwell, so I needed that break. I appreciate your understanding, and it looks like there are a ton of new people listening, so it's not every day that I just decide I need some vocal rest when I'm putting out an episode, but you know, welcome to the HR Tracy family, bringing the human back to human resources. This podcast has been one of the best parts of my year pandemic environment, life, I don't know. Anyway, for those of you who follow me on LinkedIn, before I even get into this week's episode, I just wanted to make a formal announcement because I have not shared this on Instagram yet, but I have to have to figure out a way to share it from a social media perspective. But I was asked to be a speaker and panelist at the Hacking HR 2022 Global Online Conference. So I'm so excited. It's from March 7th through the 12th. I'm going to put a link to register. It's all free and completely online. So if you don't click the link to register, you are missing out. I have listened to a few of the um, conference materials from 2021 when they had speakers and panelists for this past year. And it's really a really amazing group of people. I mean, there are literally, I think, over 600 speakers who have already confirmed participation. So obviously, I am a small fish in a big sea. But I'm just really, really excited to have been invited to be a speaker, to be a speaker, to be a panelist. And I hope that I can count on you to be there and to support. Maybe we'll make some shirts. Is that like a thing? Do people make shirts for conferences? I don't know. I feel like there's always a good reason to make a shirt. Anyway, uh, before I get into the episode, just remember to hit the follow button, hit the like button, subscribe, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, make sure that you are subscribed and following me. And you can hit the little notification bell on all of those platforms to make sure that you're notified when a new episode is released, which you can always count on it to be released every Tuesday. So let's jump into it. I told you last week that for this week's episode, I was going to post polls on my Instagram, which I did. I'm glad I remembered. I reminded myself through my calendar. Wonderful thing. Um, And it was all about ghosting. I have to say, this might have to turn into a relationship podcast because I actually got a lot of DMs and messages about ghosting and relationships. So maybe I'll leave like a little section at the end of this podcast to talk about my feelings on ghosting in relationships um, and just tell you some personal stories around that. I don't know. We'll see. But as, as blessed as I am to, you know, have not had too many ghosting experiences in the professional world, the personal world, you know, ghosting definitely happens in the dating scene. Although I've been out of the dating scene for five years, it's, I mean, it is a thing, you know, it's a thing. So I was really, I was enamored with the relationship ones because I was like, oh, maybe I should reply. 
and, you know, give them my advice. And I think I will. Like, I haven't replied to anyone yet because I just wanted to kind of gather everything before I responded. Um, but reading the responses was really awesome, especially the ones about the relationships. Very cute. Not so fun. But, you know, one day you'll look back on it and you'll appreciate all of the trials and tribulations that led you to the hopefully really great relationship that you end up in. Anyway, back to HR. Um, really, the point of my polls was to talk about ghosting and the interview process, um, which really is like dating. Interviews, interviewing, it is like a dating process. It can be brutal. You can meet with amazing people. You can meet with terrible people. You could, you know, be ghosted, not ghosted. So I got some really, really amazing data. Um, almost 100 people participated in the polls, which is probably my most effective polling that I've done since starting this podcast. So thank you for your participation. Um, one of the first questions that I asked was just simply, have you been ghosted? And 91% of people, a little area of, you know, marginal error there, because some people responded by the point of relationships, but in general, 91% of people said yes. I have been ghosted and that the majority of people actually believe that this typically is happening after the first interview and during the application process. So I asked that follow-up question to really try and understand like where are we seeing the majority of these ghosting situations. In my experience, I've been ghosted more often by recruiters or employers after I've submitted my application and or sometimes both and or after a, like a final interview, which to me, a final interview is much more egregious. If you're ghosting someone after a final interview, you're like guaranteed not to have that candidate come back or even want to stay in touch. They might tell you, yeah, keep me you know, in mind for future opportunities, but they probably don't mean it because I definitely don't mean it when I say that. And I say it because you don't want to burn a bridge, but in reality, it's like, why should I keep you in my network if you didn't even have the decency to tell me that you went with someone else. Just let us let a girl know, you know? So I totally agree with this data point after the first interview or the application process. I later asked, you know, is are you seeing the ghosting um, after the final interview? And a significant percentage of people did say yes. Um, but I think one of the challenges of that data point is that you have to get to the final interview to experience that. So if the people who were responding to the polls have not had as many final interviews as they've had first interviews, then the data is a little skewed. For me as an individual, I can say 100% certainty the final interview ghosting is the worst and it definitely happens just as often, I think, as the application process ghosting. So moving on, I asked for some stories, and I want to share a few of the top stories that I received that were like themes in these submissions, and we're going to break some of these down. So when asked about these ghosting stories that people had, a lot of people said, I emailed, um, or they told me that they were going to email me to confirm like an interview after the HR screening call, and then everything went silent, and they basically like no call, no showed didn't show up for an interview that was scheduled, or they didn't actually email to schedule a, a full interview. That's definitely common. I think for HR people, if you're screening someone 
And after the screening or during the screening, you realize that they're not like the right person for the role. Don't tell them that you're going to reach out for another thing. Just say, okay, great. You know, we'll get back to you if we need anything else. Or, you know, if we decide to move forward with your application, we'll keep you posted. I don't like the lack of truthfulness. Like I think who cares? You know, you let them down a little a little easy, a little hard at the same time. Like you don't have to completely disregard their feelings and say, sorry, this isn't going to work out and you stink. Um, but you can say, well, you know, we'll get in touch if we decide to move forward. Cause then at least they'll say, okay, like I might not hear back from them. And then when you don't respond, if you don't respond, it's not a whole big deal. But if you tell someone that you're going to reach out to schedule another interview, you better do that. Do what you say you're going to do. Someone actually submitted that they had been ghosted internally. That's not cool. I could see that that might happen more often in like larger organizations. But in this example, the person was like, I was applying internally for another job and they ghosted me. There, I wonder, like, is there a communication issue? Did the department heads or the hiring managers, meaning like your manager and the hiring manager not speak? Because if they didn't, I would say that might be on your manager because in theory, when you want to apply for a job that's open in your own organization, you're going to let your supervisor know or whoever needs to know and they'll like, you know, vouch for you. So it sounds like there's a communication issue there. Definitely a disorganized situation. Another story is that the person was like, they told me they'd reach out. They never called, they never emailed, so I had to reach out. And then they were like, oh, thanks for reaching out. We decided to go with someone else. I have also been there. Um, not fun because you are reaching out because you think you're following up on the status of them reaching out to you. And then they're like, ooh, sorry, not going to happen. And, you know, we'll get into this a little bit later, but I do think that recruiters, hiring managers, HR people... There is so much automation. Don't, you know, you can set an email to send five days in the future. If you interview someone, they're not the right fit, just set the rejection email to send at some point in the next few days. I mean, we shouldn't go through a process with someone who's turned around their entire like schedules to meet with you and whomever else and then not give them the time of day to let them know that you're not going forward with them because who knows, maybe you're their top choice and they've turned down another offer because they're waiting for yours. I mean, I think there needs to be some consideration there. And then just, just for a little bit of, you know, humor, I guess someone, maybe it's not humor, but levity. Someone, um, reached out, you know, about the relationship side of ghosting and they were like, yeah, I was ghosted over a text, you know, after like texting after a date or something like that. What I can say to you, and I'll come back to this at the end of the episode if I can remember after I record, because I told you told you all way early on into this uh, podcasting that I kind of like black out. I say things and then I just like edit and then I, I don't go back. Um, so if I can remember, that'll be great. But, um, you know, if you're getting ghosted by someone that you went on a date with or that you haven't gone on a date with, they snoozed. Now they lose. So, you know, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. That's what I say to people who, who ghost in a dating scenario. You don't, you don't need to put up with that. If they're going to ghost you, just keep it moving. And actually, maybe that's the, the advice for 
organizations and companies too that you're interviewing with, if they're ghosting you, and we'll come to this point on like when do you reach out if they're not coming back to you, how many times do you reach out to them? Like, you know, that was a data point. Um, if they, you know, if you have for yourself set in your mind, I'm going to reach out up until this number of days after the interview, treat it the same way. If they don't do that, you know, just keep moving and, and don't look back. 83% of those of you who completed the polls said that you do view a company differently after being ghosted. Of course. Why wouldn't you? I view all of the companies that have ghosted me over the years I view them totally differently. And actually, in most cases, I've stopped being a patron of their um, goods. Depending, you know, I've always been in retail. So in most cases, I've I've applied for retail adjacent roles. Um, and it's definitely made me think differently as a consumer. Because actually, being ghosted, that is like a lack of customer service. And really, even though as an applicant, you're not necessarily a customer, you're, you are providing a certain kind and certain level of service to those people who are now getting a window into your organization. So if you ghost them, if you don't reach out, if you don't treat them with kindness and respect, they are going to look at you differently and your organization differently as they should. Um, when I asked a follow-up question to this data point, I said, well, how does it make you feel? Like, what do you, what do you think about these companies after you've been ghosted? And here are some submissions that there's a lack of care for employees, that the organization is disorganized. Um, some people are saying, listen, an auto response is way better than no response. So like they didn't have time to set that up. There's a lack of respect, poor communication, unprofessionalism. Someone said, why work somewhere that clearly doesn't care about how much time and effort it took for me to apply and put in that effort to interview, for example? Um, they don't care about you from day one, so why should you continue to care about their company and what they do and what they sell or what they provide? And I totally agree with all of these points. They were really good submissions. I think this is, if you're an HR person who is in a uh, position, or maybe you're not in HR, but if you're in a position of interviewing or hiring people, you should really think about this. Think about these words. Every action or lack of action that you send or commit to with another person on the outside, you are representing your company in those actions or lack of actions. So if you're not reaching out, if you're ghosting, or if you are, you know, interviewing in a way that's disrespectful, if you're rude, if you're you know, hard to reach, all of those things have an impact and provide the candidate with the perception of what your organization is like. So if you want the perception to be positive, good, you know, a window into the culture, which hopefully is good, then you should be treating your candidates in that same way. Um, otherwise, I mean, listen, I can tell you every time I've been ghosted, at least five of my friends and family members knew about it. So that means that five more people are looking at your company sideways. So, and with a side eye, as they say. So I definitely think that we all in positions that, you know, call for hiring or interviewing, we all have an opportunity to really improve service standards here. Um, when I asked all of you, like, how long do you wait until you reach out? I kind of mentioned this just a few moments ago. The majority of you said like one to three weeks. Um, some of you said, I reach out twice and then I keep it moving. And then someone actually said two months. 
And the person that said two months was talking about a relationship, I think. If you are waiting two months, don't wait. If you went on a date with someone and you're waiting two months for them to reply to you or you're reaching out two months later, red flag. Red flag. Notice the red flags and move away. Run. You see a red flag? Run in the other direction. I'm going to respond to you because I don't want you person who wrote this in two months I don't want you to get stuck waiting on someone who does not deserve your time for two months and same for uh, for these companies right I mean if you are reaching the most I've reached out is over three weeks three weeks is really my max but I only have done that because the role was one that I was like "Ooh, I really would love this role and I really would love this company but I reached out three times over the span of three weeks and then they were like, we went with someone else. I'm like, you couldn't have told me that <laughs> two weeks ago. Um, but those things, I mean, I definitely expected that, right? Like three weeks, like if you have someone that you're ready to go with, you're not waiting three weeks. So I expected that answer, but three weeks is really the max. I probably wouldn't go more than two unless it's really like that kind of role that you're very, very, very interested in. And you, you know, maybe there are vacations you're aware of or something like that. But that was the, the, the most common answer was one to three weeks. I think one week is a little short to move on. And I say this because, you know, if you are in uh, high, uh, applying for a position that is in a large organization that gets a high volume of applications, you might be selling yourself a little short because it can take a lot of time to go through candidates, especially to go through top candidates, especially in the higher level positions because you have to go through interviews with higher level people who might take a long time to give some availability. Um, and so I, I think that the normal interview process takes between two and four weeks, which is like a significant amount of time, but to give one week of, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to follow up for one week and that's it. I think it might be a little short, but I also totally get it because if you are not willing to wait around, then you shouldn't. Like, I get that. Two weeks to me feels like a happy medium. Um, I asked you also, like, can ghosting be avoided? And I asked this because I think it's interesting to hear from an applicant's standpoint what they think could avoid the ghosting moment. Um, and so here are some of the responses. I don't think it can be avoided because you can't control an organization's behavior, but what we can do is ask about next steps and in the interview process itself. And this came up a few other times actually where people submitted saying we should just specifically say and ask what are the next steps so in their mind they know you're expecting some sort of outreach. I think it's a great strategy. Someone said apply to a lot of jobs to increase your chances. Yes and no. If you apply to a ton of jobs without any thought at all and you get like, you know, a ton of opportunities to interview, then you're forced to figure out, okay, which ones do you actually care about? And then you might be interviewing for roles that you don't really care about. And therefore your impression with the interviewer might not be that great. And as you know, I always say this, every impression, every opportunity to build a relationship counts. So I would not just go ahead all willy-nilly applying to jobs. I think you should still be strategic in the jobs you apply for. I know a lot, there are a lot of like job influencers out there and career influencers like on TikTok and things like that. That life was not made for me, but 
they, you know, they keep trackers and they put when did they, you know, when they reached out, when they applied, when they heard back, if they heard back. I don't have that kind of time. So if you have that kind of time, that sounds like a great strategy. If you don't have that kind of time to track every application um, outside, like in an Excel spreadsheet, for example, outside of LinkedIn or Indeed, um, because it saves the jobs that you apply to. If you didn't know that, you can see that. Um, then I would say make sure you're just applying to the jobs that you really find interesting or the companies that you really like. Then at least your approach is more targeted. People view this differently though, so more power to you if you just want to apply to a thousand jobs and see how many interviews you can get. Also, I guess that depends on the situation you're in. If you're employed, you're probably going to be more picky. If you're unemployed, then you're probably going to send out as many applications as you can. So there's that. Um, I also received a response that ghosting is not necessarily a reflection of the candidate. And this, I think, is actually really, really important. I've mentioned it on here before that um, recruiting processes are most often automated at this point. They're applicant tracking systems. They use artificial intelligence and machine learning and all of these things, all these tech you know, gadgets and gizmos. And when you get ghosted, it's not necessarily something about you, but rather the way in which the system is automated and processed um, and has processed your application. And so this is all to say that, you know, being ghosted is not necessarily a personal thing, especially if you've only applied. If you've been through every single interview with like every single person in the organization, I can totally understand why you would take that more personally and be, you know, maybe have some more emotions around it. But if you've just applied or had a screening call, it's it's not personal and it's probably something related to the system not being built out or the person not using the system in the way that it should be used in the most efficient or effective way. I know, for, for example, I've never ghosted anyone that's interviewed, but I know after going through our system, for example, that people who had interviewed candidates didn't ever send a rejection email even though they thought they did. Like it said, rejected but they never sent an email. And so that's like a that's a human error moment where they intended to let the person know, but because they didn't use the system correctly, they never did. So I hope that that gives you a little bit of peace of mind if you have been on the receiving end of a ghosted situation that it's not necessarily personal, it's not necessarily about you. Keep, you know, keep doing you, stay confident, it will all work out and be okay. Someone also suggested a really, really good suggestion, which is to send a thank you email after the interview. I highly, highly, highly underscore bold, highlight, italics, recommend this. I always send a thank you email. Um, I don't always receive thank you emails. The thank you emails that I receive stand out in my mind because they are so few and far between. So if you are sending a thank you email, you might be part of the minority and actually you'll stand out in a way that's positive and that sheds light on the type of candidate and potential employee that you are. It literally takes five seconds, create a template for yourself and send it off like either at the end of the day or the next day after the interview. I wouldn't send it right after because then it's like, did you even think about the interview at all? Did you reflect? I always do like a, a solid eight to 24 hours later. That's my window of time. 
highly, highly recommend this. Thank you for sending in that submission. It actually is a great way of avoiding the ghosting. Although it's, it can still be inevitable, um, it's a great way to keep your name at the top of the recruiter's list. And finally, I asked you, well, which companies are more likely to ghost you? And have you, as a hiring manager, ever ghosted someone? So 82% of you said large companies are more likely to ghost a candidate compared to a small or medium-sized company. I agree. Again, I think this comes down to volume of applications um, and the the resources tied to it. It's probably all automated. So um, yeah, if your resume does not attract the AI tool, then your resume is not going to be moved on to the next step. I mean, it literally is that automated to the point where not every human being is looking at your resume. It's really like a computer looking for keywords in some instances. And then with the ghosting an applicant, there were two significant themes. The first was no, I use automation in my hiring so I don't ghost applicants. And then the second was actually sometimes I do because I realize it can be hard to prioritize with limited resources. And I think generally this happens with recruiters. This is what the person's saying. Um, so it's not meant to happen, but it does happen because of limited resources and really figuring out how to prioritize. Here's my response to that person who actually messaged me and was like, I needed to expand on what I submitted. Yes, totally. You have to prioritize, but actually how can you prioritize and still maintain, you know, high service standards and ensure that the people who are taking time out of their days are being notified if they are or are not being considered for a role. And I think this comes down to email automation. We have amazing tech tools like built into our email accounts and systems. It doesn't matter whether you have Outlook or Gmail. There is a way for any email provider to have a setting where you send it later. There are even like integrations that you can add to your email where you can draft something and then send it later on. So I don't know that I totally see this being like a valid point because I I think if someone is taking time out of their day to interview for a role that you have, then you should also take time out of your day to say, hey, so sorry, we're going to be moving on. So even if you don't have an applicant tracking system that uses these automation tools, you can use the tools within your email, within your systems to do that. It's actually not high tech at all. It's been around for a very long time. So that would be my recommendation if you are a recruiter, hiring manager, HR person, et cetera, et cetera. Don't let volume of candidates and don't let, you know, the pressure for time get in the way of how you treat each person because that person is either going to have a great experience and come back, even if it doesn't work out, or they're going to have a not so great experience or a bad experience and they're never going to answer an email from you again. So, I mean, I, I totally get it. Things do happen. I don't disagree with this person in that regard, but I think we have to try a little bit harder to prioritize everyone in the situation. So that, that whole ghosting thing, I mean, I thought it was really important to talk about because while we're having this conversation around like people resigning and going to new jobs and needing to have more applicants and just people in general not applying for as many jobs in certain industries, every interaction counts. 
literally every single interaction. I do. So if you appreciate that someone is taking five to 30 to 60 minutes out of their day to reach out to you, to apply for a job, to write a cover letter, to email you about their interest and passion in your role in your company, take that seriously because we're we're dealing with as hiring managers as HR people we are dealing with I can't believe I'm gonna say it unprecedented times where we have the highest number of job openings that the US has ever seen at least since the Labor Department has started recording these statistics which is already they've been doing this for 21 years so the highest number of open jobs in 21 years okay every open job that has an applicant needs to be treated like the only applicant. And if you're in a larger organization, make sure that your automation tools are set up to provide the best experience possible. If you're in a small or medium-sized company, block out time every week, maybe it's at the end of the week, maybe it's the start of the week, to go through the people you've met from the previous week and email them and let them know the status of their application. Set up templates. You'd never have to recreate or reinvent the wheel I literally try very hard to never do something twice. Like if I write an email for something, I'm saving it so that I can use it again or I'm finding it so I can copy and paste it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just make your life easier in the short run by having those templates ready to go and in the long run by maintaining a strong you know, service standard for how we're treating applicants. So that's that on ghosting. Don't ghost. And if you are ghosted, don't take it personally. Just keep moving and apply for the next best thing. Um, but I wanted to come to this relationship thing. Am I, am I like a new relationship advisor? I don't think so, but I can be. I'm here for it. I want to come back to these people who responded with the relationship ghosting. I am sure that it is a hard world out there to be dating amidst a pandemic 2020, I couldn't even imagine what dating was like, but I was totally here for my friends who who were dating over like FaceTime and Zoom. I think it's so adorable and it's a great way to see someone's level of interest because if they're taking the time to Zoom with you and they've never met you before, I mean, they're interested. They are captivated by your conversation. Um, as even though I'm getting married in 55, well, when this when this uh, episode comes out, it'll be 54 days. Who's counting? 54 days from being a married woman. I did date, obviously, before I was engaged, before I dated my now fiance. And I was for sure ghosted. I never ghosted anyone because I'm just a direct person. And I've told people that, hey, this is not going to work out. Or, you know, um, I decided to go with someone else. <laughs> like, whatever that might look like. So if you are the ghoster in this situation... Don't do it. Just tell someone, hey, it was great getting to know you. I'm not interested at this point. And just keep it moving. If you've been ghosted by someone dating in a relationship, that hurts. I get it. I've been there. It hurts. But you just have to pick yourself up by your bootstraps and just keep it moving. Because at the end of the day, you want someone, and this is really like whether it's dating or whether it's applying for jobs, you want someone to come after you. You want them to seek you out, to be excited about you joining the team, right? Don't don't sell yourself short. Don't do it. I love I love when people go out there and they're like, this is what I'm made of and this is why I'm great. And if you want to be with me as a teammate or in a partnership, 
I'm here for it. Otherwise, goodbye. So that is my message to you. Dating and applying for jobs, very similar in the, at least in the beginning stages of the process. Be confident in who you are and what you bring to the table. Don't sell yourself short. And you know, if the right opportunity is out there, it will come to you. Don't be hasty. It's okay to be picky in every aspect of life. Just keep it moving. With that, thank you for being here for this episode. Thank you for giving me time last week to rest my voice. I am back and better than ever. And I'm going to continue to do polls like this because I think it's a great way to interact with all of you. And I appreciate all of the time that you dedicated to, you know, interacting with me on Instagram, entering in your submissions, DMing me, etc. So thank you so much. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at hrtracy, that's H-R-T-R-A-C-I. And be sure to also register for the Hacking HR Global Conference, which is in March of 2022, where I'm a speaker and panelist. I would love to have you there. And with that, I will let you go. See you next week.